Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to today's episode, everyone. My name is Bobo and I am your host and I'm with the beautiful Flex... It is me. Hello, everyone. And I am your resident optimistic nihilist, reminding you every day of your mortality and the urgency to get your titty sucked and live your best life. And Flex is here as... The person who's encouraging you to facilitate your own nut, do your Googles, and be better than you were yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) That is absolutely the summary, the slogan, and the mantra of this podcast. Welcome to another episode. We have a very special guest. We brought her on here by force because why not? We're having another chit chat episode because you guys told us that you loved it so much that we have to give you another one. But this time we brought our favorite reptilian alien, Mukundwa. It's Rowie Singh. It's not Mukundwa. No, no, no. Got it wrong, darling. Oh, what is it? Rowie oh. Singh. Oh. Oh, it's Rowie. Yes. Oh, yes. We have Rowie Singh with her Australian accent. Thank Can you, you tell us more about yourself or about yes. the day you've had Rowie? Ooh. Um, no, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Okay. Sorry. Okay, now I, I think Flex is on the line. Hello, Flex. Are you there? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, JK, it was a ruse. It is Makundwa. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Well, give us your best Australian accent. Yeah, we're ready. How can, if can you I, don't, if we don't give you, a, if you don't give us a ten out of ten, then we're kicking you off the podcast. Okay, let me like get something to read. Finished. Let me get something to read. Actually, okay. So should mm. I do my um, kind of regular person or like outback uh, tour guide? Do your regular <laughs> Australian. Do your okay. common, common. You know, give us, grocery give store us, going. Yeah. Yes. Okay. McDonald's eating. Okay, got it. Got it. A reminder, notice, please note that I will be closing on the 20th of December 2019 and reopening on the 13th of January 2020. Please make all needed appointment arrangements beforehand. Please note I'll be online and will not be answering calls or WhatsApp from the 20th of December. Now tell me (coughs) that I can't charge for that. (laughs) Tell me. Honestly, that was... Hmm. Feedback. Where could I improve? Um. Wait. So that was your your perfect <laughs> merge of myself and Rowie. Well, no, 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 no. That was um. Well, I guess you know what. If you'd asked me to do a perfect merge, it would be the same. <laughs> but I think for you, Flex, I would add a bit more. Wait, Mukundwa. Now you sound like you're underwater. Again. Yeah, I was like. Oh wait. What's happening? Sorry, which a- which amphibian is she? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is it? She really like swam into the ocean. Yeah, to me, I, I was like, you know what? I can do this episode from Atlantis. It's I fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think for you, Flex, I would do. It's like a louder. It's just got more energy. I think I'd add a bit more citrus. It's an African Australian, like, yeah. <laughs> do you think? I feel you. African Australian. I've never thought of that. I don't know. I've never heard an African Australian accent besides. Then, if Flex is yours, African Australian. 
I think um, the volume is African. Like the spice. The you know spice. what I mean? Okay, so when I'm in Australia and I speak to people, they'll say, are you English? Because oh. it's re- mm. my, like I'm, how do they describe it? That I elongate certain words that Australians wouldn't. So I might say, "Interesting." Um, can you come here instead of can you come here? Mm. Or, oh. yeah, can you come here? Or instead of can you come here, uh, where are you going versus where are you gone? See, that terrifies me. The fact that mm. you can't like, we can't pretend to be from where we're not. Like people are spies out here and they'll catch you no, literally. in a second <laughs> if you say one word wrong yeah literally that's yeah. actually terrible and that's Nicola, where do you think your accent is from well you know i actually i put on like what i merge? consider an australian accent Mm-mm. um <laughs> in the shopping mm. malls and people really be thinking i guess because it's sa like the references yeah very what different. do they do yeah i'm just treated differently it's quite nice um my accent i think it's south african i think it's like brit south african brit british heritage yeah i hear that Bobo, I, I think yours is South African Brit, but it's got such a because of where you moved around. Like so many words are like either flat or sharp, where an American would have a flat or sharp, or like an English person would have <laughs> I a flat. You just or meant sharp. generally. <laughs> it's really interesting. You're flat. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. See, I would have said that Bobo just sounds South African instead, but when in contrast to yours, your accent, there's I don't understand. Wow, maybe. Rowie and I are to Australian accents what you and Bobo are to South African accents. Like yes, it's there, maybe. but there's something that there's a sprinkle there's a spice. or something, a miscellaneous seasoning that mm. we just can't catch. Mm. I feel like we're not good measures, though, because we've lived outside of the country more than we've lived in it. So I don't think it's a yeah. Good measure. Oh, oh yeah, they've traveled. True. They've traveled. Yeah. They've been abroad. Oh, yes. <laughs> Displacement Subtle gang. Flags. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, what were you guys um, talking about that you were saving while I was getting a blanket? Oh, okay. Excellent. So I was thinking about how back when the conversation of self-care reached its maximum point of mainstreamity, mainstreamity, Mm. mainstreamness, whichever, we'll go with all three, um, there was an offshoot of the conversation that went into emotional labor, labor, not doing things out of obligation to set boundaries for yourself, protecting your space, keeping the bad out, keeping the good in, and vice versa. Back when I realized how um, how a lot of the rhetoric around self-care was just like toxic positivity wrapped up in a beautiful gift basket, I definitely internalized some of that <laughs> some of that conversation and now Mm. I'm finding however many months or years later that I feel as though when I give on my own accord that's fine with me I don't feel any kind of way about it I'll do things for people for myself for my career I don't feel any kind of way about it but when Mm. people ask things of me even if they're things that I'd already be doing even if they're things that I've expressed interest (laughs) in doing even if (laughs) it's things that I've like would have loved to do it's just that request, like somebody physically yeah. asking me to do something. Yeah, you're like, wow, the audacity. Yeah, I feel as though I've got some sort of chip on my shoulder where my initial instinct mentally is to be like, oh, everybody wants something from me. Yeah. Why can't yeah. I just be left alone? What? And, and it's really frustrating me because I'm having to do a lot of like emotional decoding just on a day-to-day basis so I can actually, you know... Um, 
decipher what I feel like what is that mm. initial reaction like what is that discomfort is it annoyance is it just um feeling like because I, I do have an issue with feeling like people are allowed into my space or like my my mental door is always open and I've always got guests in so like when somebody's sending me an email I'm like well you didn't even knock and now there's all yeah. of a sudden an email yeah. in my house so I don't know I feel like it's taking a toll on just my um, my disposition. Your relationships? Oh, my, my, I feel like the way I'm coming across, like mm-hmm. I feel as though I'm irritable. I feel as though I'm getting a little bit jaded. I feel as though I, I'm, I just mm. feel a bit more aggressive than usual. Interesting. Do you feel yes. like it's the people who are asking you or is it more the requests? Depending on what person it's, it's either or. I mean, I have in some instances, there'll be complete strangers, you know, in my DM being like, you know, you're already reviewing sex toys. Why don't you review this one? Yeah. And then yeah. realistically, it's like, <laughs> oh, that's a great suggestion. I might want suggestions of sex toys re- to review. And the other mm. part of me is like, who's paying for that? Is it like, is it yeah. your income? Is that my income? Do I work for you all of a sudden? Is it what, I, like it, these two yeah, the polar opposite narratives in yeah. my head where I'm just like, it's not that deep. Like, keep it pushing it's not a big deal just yeah i feel like i relate to this and i think on one hand there's an individualism agenda that has yes a lot of us on the internet started expressing that we were feeling um like burnt out sad and needed like space like time alone and then i feel like Mm. kind of capitalism jumped on that bandwagon and was like yeah individualism and then that Mm. was pushed and kind of packaged and a little misunderstood um, and like really encouraged us to hermit and to like self-preserve, but to a toxic level where we don't know what we're preserving for because work is still demanding more from us and we still are clowns mm. when we clock in. But like when it comes to friends and family and people who actually like replenish us, we're really guarded. And I think there is something to be said about like managing our borders so that we're not get so that we're not burnt out. But I also just think a lot of the time we set these precedents of how people communicate with us and how people perceive us. And then Mm. we get upset. And that was happening online with me too. Like I have always talked about myself as like somebody who wants to facilitate conversation and like have discourse. And then when people have it with me, I'm like, who are you? Like, did I tell you I wanted to argue? You literally didn't have time today. I just don't. Do you know what I mean? And so I think I've had to check myself (laughs) and my ego about like, my self-importance as well that why just because people like just because people want things of us or 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 message us um and that's anybody listening um it doesn't mean that they think anything of you or that you're important or that like or that yeah or that there's like an elevated or or that there's a, a different an imbalanced power dynamic because i think what happens is when people ask things of us we start to I think none of us, I just think it's what it's done is it's completely like misclassified what it is to share and communicate. And we can have mm. an inflated sense of ego um, when people ask us of things and we feel like kind of too self-important to respond, especially to a present reset. So I just think that's something we need to kind of consider. And I think we all feel that yeah. way. We all feel we're being, things are being demanded of us that we like, shouldn't be responding to and I think it's in the wrong direction I think like we should have that energy for work and for a lot of other things but we have that with people and I think it's I think it's totally Mm. misguided 
I feel like I, like one year ago, I was literally where you are, Flex. Mm. And I remember ranting to Mukundwa all the time. I'd be like, bitch, you can't believe this hoe really asked me to bring her a dragon and I'm going to do it because I'm a people pleaser. Like that was just my everyday story. And this year I've actually noticed that like I have so much more time because I'm extremely picky like with what I say yes to on a work level. So I feel like last year I was just saying yes to absolutely everything and everyone on like every level of life, like work, relationships, friendships, romance. Whereas now, like on a <clears throat> on a work level, I'm 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 saying no to so many things that I feel like I now have so much more time to dedicate to my human relationships that I no longer feel that like irritation. Mm-hmm with people's requests but I still the thing that irks me which I think is also like you guys can both relate to is the entitlement that people get and then I'm like why is this hoe so entitled to my time and then I have to wonder like did I set that precedent or are hoes just entitled and that's where I get caught up like wait are hoes entitled online or offline because I think there's a difference oh online so someone someone messaged me the other day being like, oh my God, like no one ignores me more than you. No. I'm like, bitch, you know, I've never met you a day in my life. Like, are you mad? Like there's a level of entitlement <laughs> that people have in my DMs that absolutely is. And I'm like, what precedent am I setting to that these people think that they're entitled to my response like bitch oh i see i think so much of that you has know what to i do mean with also being a woman like i don't think male i don't know mm. figures with followings online get the same energy from people yeah um, no and i think there's this like on especially instagram the gap between you and a follower just seems so small especially if you're like an engaging yeah. account that you really think you're friends like I think I'm friends with everybody I like. I enjoy it. I, I follow. <laughs> yeah. So, bitch, if I, if I message, like, once I sent, someone was telling me, they wrote um, an encouraging comment on this famous person, like, semi-famous person's picture, and because the person didn't like it, they blocked them um, and unfollowed them, because they were... <laughs> <laughs> because they were pressed. Can you imagine? Because, yeah, I just think, I don't know. I think, I think if so much of, like, how you present is um like friendly and accommodating by virtue of just not being unfriendly and unaccommodating i think just and being a woman i think people be entering Mm. the dms but that's interesting we should get people on the people who say those things to you shouldn't we just talk to them like let's interview them (laughs) (laughs) do you know to say what like what are we gonna say well i want to know what like what were you thinking what did you mean (laughs) and what was your intention someone wrote in my in yeah I just think I'm so curious about intention like why what did you think you were doing and like do you think you were effective and who do you think I am to you and you are to me um Mm. I just think I wonder maybe it's because it's so easy to communicate with people we don't think about these things before we do because the level of entitlement yeah. we have with celebrities who just seem unreal, like people who seem unreal, the way we just comment by we, I mean people, um, on their stuff and like consume them and tabloids, I think that same energy is now 
on social media with like normal ass people. That's how we collectively treat Interesting. each other. Mm. I'm less concerned with the DMs because I've obviously created a precedent on my page where I want people to engage. Mm. I've said it's not everyday discourse. Like I'm not doing the fucking 400 word mini essays in the DMs. I'm not answering advice. I'm not doing any of that stuff yeah. because like fundamentally I don't care. Mm. And I say that, I say that in the way that if you're t- if you're messaging me asking me a really specific question about your really specific relationship, I don't care enough to invest the energy to f- to pull out the nuance in oh what did he mean and what did you mean and did this happen then and how long have you been together mm. and like I I don't care <laughs> so I direct all those requests to the Facebook group, yeah. but I think I it's not it's no one interaction that's really frustrating me but I think it's the combination of all of them so in every mm, any given okay. time it's like I'm if I open my phone right now I have 136 unread messages 26 missed calls mm. however many thousands of emails then someone's yeah. DMing me for this then there's an urgent request from a client that I've never had before who wants me to turn around some content in a day then somebody wants to book me for a DJ gig with no brief then I'm talking to my mum who's like I haven't talked to you in days I'm like you're overseas we're in different time zones then my brother's messaging me like hey how come you haven't come over to visit the kids you live 45 minutes away I don't drive and I don't want to be on public transport for an hour and a half mm-hmm then it's like all of these things and then as individual requests not a big deal totally valid but yeah it's a combination of all of them that's really frustrating and then Mm. what further frustrates me is the fact that i don't know how to minimize each of those areas like i'm not going to do it's not about doing less work because i don't think i'm working as hard as i ever have before and it's really not about punishing those who follow me follow me on the internet because there's too many of them now for me to handle conversation and then it's not about telling my family that they're unimportant because you know I've got I'm an adult now I've got work to do so I feel like it's kind of like you're in a between a rock and a hard place where you really do have to sacrifice one for the other and I don't want to I know so I've sort of become really resigned to this irritable state that I'm in and while I can counter it on some days by doing something really indulgent you know, like buying a cake that I don't need or sitting in front of YouTube for three hours when I know I should be doing work. This all benefits me negatively in the end. (laughs) (laughs) I see. Yeah. So in my head, I've gone through all possible solutions and yeah, become quite resigned. Hmm. Well, I think also just from listening to you, I think also where the frustration comes in is like you having all these obligations and the people around the people who are requesting all these things from you not understanding that you have yeah. all these so like how That's I feel it. about texts because I'm terrible at responding to texts is like currently I have 200 unread texts but Amen. I also know <laughs> that hoes don't understand that I have and then people will be like oh my god but that's because like you're an influence and it's actually not because I'm an influencer like Oh no! I don't. It absolutely is because you guys are influencers. No, but it's not though. Two hundred. I feel like, guys? but I feel like it's. But I just feel like I've. O- that's always <laughs> been. <laughs> I feel like that's always been my like my text habits. Like I just, it's just always an influx of texts, and then people get really mad that I take days to respond, and I'm like, first of all, 
if you really want me to respond, you really have to be compelling. Because, bitch, no, there's just so many... I think the frustration for me is, like, why don't people understand? Like, why don't you know that you're the 10th person to text me today? Yeah. Why are you texting me three question marks? Like, bitch, I'll get to you. <laughs> and I think, like, part of that is for me realizing... And, and and this is a positive thing that we're not that important to most people who communicate with us anyway. Um, mm. And so they won't mm. realize that because this is not that deep. Like you are, an, you are an avatar in their life and like you serve a purpose. And so when people t- like message you Bobo and they say, you're the only person who ignores me this much, you're also, you're still not a human to that person. And like, I think it's so important to manage how you feel yeah, about that kind of facts. reaction from a person because as much as they're really like emotional um it does it's not real it's just not absolutely not real it's very few people that actually on our phones and like in our lives that that be caring if we show up and like with flex yeah. out of the people who texted you it's probably your brother that like cares the most out of all those and out of all these brands and all these people who are hounding it probably is your brother who actually means it when they're like i would love you to come over and see my kitties yeah mm. do you guys feel guilty I think that's no. why Flex... Flex, do you feel guilty? No. Are you sure? Oh, so you just feel frustrated. It's not guilt, I feel. I feel pressure. Mm. And I, for me, part of the... I, okay, it's two-pronged. So I would say on my family side, it was a lot of like... Negligence is a really strong word, but my family and I were never really that close in terms of spending a lot of time together but we had close discussions and so me being the youngest person my older brother being five years older than me and the other one being 10 years older we were never in the same kind of like age bracket to do things or hang out when I was growing up okay so it made a lot of sense that we didn't spend a lot of time together now that we're all adults and I'm at the age they were when they couldn't afford to hang out with me. It's the same state, but they're not understanding. Like I'm prioritizing other things because I know you'll be there. Mm, like yeah. giving you the same courtesy, give, like, give me the same courtesy that I gave you by understanding that you just don't, like we're not in the same space. You have children and kids and I've got, I want to get to that point. So up until I'm there, I just don't feel as though I'm as accommodating as I, not as I want to be, as I should be. Because I'm selfish at this point. Yeah. But I think the other, uh, with the other like people, like the friends or the work or stuff, I don't feel guilt. I just feel misunderstood. <laughs> like there's a lack of understanding yes. where yeah. I, I keep explaining to people like, when you work nine to five, I work nine to five. Nah, it's like 11 to five. I'm asleep. But when you work, I work. And then when you have time off after work, I'm still working. I'm at a DJ mm. gig, six to 9 p.m. I'm filming some like interview series. I'm on a plane. I'm doing something. And then when I have free time, it now impedes on the time you get to spend with me. Because when you had free time, I was working. Yeah. So it's like your inability to humor them has more to do with how much time you have for yourself versus exactly. how much time you have for them. And, and I people feel like people conflate that. the two as in the time mm. you don't have for me, me like the time that you don't spend on me means mm-hmm. that you don't have time for me. And it's like, no, I just don't have time for myself. Wait, yeah. Flex, and so do you still like manage to see the people like you, I don't know, let's say your best friend or like the people you, you know, be caring about? Rarely. Like, if I think about my three closest friends, right? 
all of them are in a relationship, so their time is compromised. All of them mm. have jobs and like other hobbies and activities and are really close with their families or they're traveling. And then you have someone like, you know, my wife, Grace, now we work together. So it's like, we're not spending separate quality time. We're just working together. Mm-hmm. That's who I see often. Do you know what I mean? Or so like this morning I made time to go see a friend for brunch, but I canceled a meeting to do that. So it isn't as though like there's like a, it isn't as though there's more time to give in any capacity, if not, if without compromising other things. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I, it's a tricky conversation to have with people because I don't feel like the average person has something comparable, you know, like a comparable yeah. experience. It's hard to empathize with because it's just, it's not a it's not a generic or, or general problem to have. No. So when yeah, I, like your lifestyle is very unique. Yeah. So I had a friend of mine who, um, who they, like, they're always... It's the kind of friend who's like always texting you. If you don't reply to messages, then in in your DMs replying Please with don't memes, get me started. Then sharing don't. on Twitter. Wow. Then come to this thing. Then what are you doing here? Then this last minute thing. And I've explained to most people who I see on a regular basis, like, if just ask me when I'm free and we can put in some calendar time. It's very simple for me to do mm. that than you to be sporadic or spontaneous and then get frustrated that I don't have time. Also, yeah. I've explained to people in a lot of, in a lot of ways that I'm just not in that social phase of my life anymore. Like mm, number one, because same. every single output I have when it comes to career is entertainment and about, about entertainment and socializing. So I'm burnt out. Like you go yeah. DJ for five hours, you've spoken to 50 people, you're entertaining, you're on, like, I don't want to be in those environments anymore. So I've explained to a ton of people that that's just not my portion anymore. So this is my hermit stage. Like I'm fixing my house. I'm getting hobbies. I'm like having low key brunches with friends. That's it. Anything yeah. that extends out of that is not my interest. And how then do people take person- it when you tell personally, them that? It's always Girl, personal. And I'm like, why you're do not you live hearing the same life? I'm saying yeah. that I'm prioritizing <laughs> myself because even if I do take this time out, I'm going to be resentful. I'm going to have an attitude yes. and have a stinky face. I'm not going to be present. And these aren't good things. So let's utilize the tools that we have to communicate, which is our phones. And then when I'm at a point where I feel as though I can give something to myself and then something to you, that we can do that. And they're always, and the friends that get it, who are the only, the friends that get it are the friends who are, busy or are older and understand Mm. that you know there's there's sort of like a there's a limited or a finite amount of time that you can give to people yeah i like and also again it's like i don't i don't care enough about the topic to be telling every single person i'm busy i don't have time like it's boring to talk about i think we also as friends need to start being uh, more open to alternative forms of communicating so like flex if you've explained and i think we've all i think everyone's probably experienced this where you've, you've explained to a friend why your circumstances don't allow for a specific um format of hanging out like maybe mm. in person and they're still upset um and i just think i think the next phase is like for the people who i think partly it's having conversations or at least people realizing where they actually fit in your life like i really do believe <laughs> Um, I think we all have to have conversations. <laughs> How do you do that? No, in practice. Yeah. Like, I just think we have to think, end of the day, as Flex said, something's going to give. There is going to be compromise and something's going to be suffer if I'm going to make time for you or time for something else. And 
sometimes we have that ability because people are higher up the rung in terms of importance but other times it's like let's just use another form of communication like let's voice note let's do other things and if friends aren't receptive it can be tricky it can be really hard but I think all of us regardless not all of us actually but I think a lot of people can relate to this because I think a lot of us have like lifestyles that require or that just don't allow for as much I also think, by the way, I think a lot of us struggled with the transition of friendships from like high school to now yeah. or university. And college, yeah. Do you know mm. where we spent so many hours with each other? I think we're still the hangover of that. We're still feeling that. And I think a lot of people... No, are, like, it's struggling. hard. I think also <laughs> where I struggle, <laughs> this is going to sound so cruel, <laughs> but it is what it is. Like where I struggle with telling people and just being straightforward mm-hmm. is like... You know, you have those friends who, like, always have a problem that needs to be solved. Oh, yeah. And they always require space to be held for them. Yeah. Wait, but do you see? And what I like realize that? is... I have, like, two. Yeah, like, it's always... It's not really that they have... It's not... I wouldn't even call it drama, but there's always, like, space that must... There's always something. And what I've realized is that it's not even that I don't want to hold space for these people... Is that your problems are actually just boring. Yeah. Do you know, like at some point, it's so much less about, it's it's so much less about me not having the emotional energy to facilitate your problems. It's just the fact that your problems are literally just boring. Can we discuss that? It's the that? same problem every time. <laughs> and it's like, because I have all... If I was friends with Azealia Banks, I would have all the emotional space for that bitch. Like, are you sure? If you tell a bitch, if you tell me <laughs> you had dinner with Elon I would scream, Musk, I'd be like, Azealia, sweetie, no, 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 no. I saw the queen. tweet. I'm like, I saw it. I liked it. Let, I'm not discussing it. Like, so imagine you get a text from Azealia Banks. She's like. I just came back from Elon Musk's house. We had dinner <laughs> and I kicked that nigga in the ball sack because he was getting like, bitch, I will leave my bed right now and in the to same go breath, hold space for like, you. But I didn't do anything wrong. I don't even know why he called the police. <laughs> <laughs> she lives a life in color, man. She really yeah. does. And like the Gemini in me, I'm just the Gemini in me really prioritizes fun and this really prioritizes friends who are just compelling and they get to a point where it's just like it's not it's not even an energetic thing it's just purely boredom like every day the same the same boy every day the same boy with the dirty fingernails who's wasting your time i'm bored do you think it's okay what do you guys think about like moving away from friendships because people have like problems you don't I have a thing boring problems like I have <laughs> a theory that one of my friends is really unlucky um mm. every single time what do you mean like we're supposed to meet hey can't meet broke my arm next okay that's cool no <laughs> oh. worries two weeks later can't meet because the people I'm babysitting's friends committed suicide so now we have to da, 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 da. okay oh. fine oh my god next thing can't meet because lit- and these are actual examples by the way um the place what? I was working what? at, the women started hitting each other over the head with bottles and there's glasses. <laughs> so I just, I'm like, you know, you're so close to drama every single time. Um, I'm kind of concerned about my own luck. <laughs> like, I don't know that I want <laughs> the proximity. So do you guys ever, what do you guys think about distancing yourself from people who have 
um, circumstances. Bad or vibes. Like, yeah, like kind of bad juju. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's completely... I think that's a valid reason. Look, I think every reason is valid to not want to be around someone. Like, it doesn't need to be deep. It doesn't need to be, you broke my arm. Sometimes you just don't want to be around someone because the hoe is boring. Like, bitches are just... So for you, you're you're trying to get away from drama. That's valid. I'm trying to get away from monotony. That's valid. Like, any reason you have to not want to be around someone is valid because you can't perform wanting to be around someone. You can't force that shit. Like, you either are interested in someone's friendship or you're not. Okay, but in this instance, if you're going to distance yourself for whatever reason from a friend and they address you about that, is it your responsibility to tell them? Yeah, I think so. Do you Ooh. take that responsibility before your address or do you wait until the elephant is in the room has been pointed out and you're like, oh, you know, um, I... Huh, hmm. Because that's I've my concern. I don't think I have a valid reason from... I don't think... Okay, so when you start a friendship and you have time for people and you give them space, emotional space, physical space, all mm-hmm. of it, and then you move to, okay, well, now you bore me, so I want to wean myself off of you or wean you off of me. That doesn't feel like a logical, rational reason to eject <laughs> someone from your life. And I do struggle to communicate that to people in a fair way because it's saying that there's a problem, you can't fix it, nor did you cause it, so you're dropped. I think there's a loving, like, kind way to tell someone. Of course you, you do. Like, what, what is it? <laughs> well, no, because it doesn't need to be, bitch, you're the most boring bitch in the world and I want nothing. You know what I mean? It can just be like, listen, I just feel like our... I've actually had this conversation before. So I had a friend who really loves clubbing and I've just grown out of parties and like that vibe. Like, it's just not for me. Mm. And so I literally was just like, listen, fam, like... I'm just not into, like, we just don't have the same interests anymore. What you consider fun mm. is not fun for me. So our friendship doesn't need to exist in the way that it has before. Like, it can move, because she was now getting mad at me, because you never want to go out with me. And I'm like, yeah, because you're always at the club, like, <laughs> every day at the club, and I don't want to be at the club. So I eventually just had to sit her down to be like, it's actually not personal. Like, it's not that I don't like you. It's not that you're a trash person. Uh-huh. You haven't done anything to me. It's that we are growing in different... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Directions, and that's fine. You like this type of fun. I like a different type of fun. And that's okay. We're just no longer compatible. Like, we can still be, we can still have a relationship, like, on the ground it's not going to be with the same depth it's not going to be the same type of relationship but we can still hang out when it's it suits the both of us like we can still chat when we see each other we can still you know like we can still be cordial we don't have to be enemies 
Oh, they were they didn't have the right. You already know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But in in yeah, this you example, know who this though, was. It isn't personal because it's a it's it's situational. But what about oh. when it is personal? <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> like bad juju friends. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, bad juju friend. Or the example just oh, before yeah. this one, we're saying you are actually boring to me. Like your problems are boring, your interests are boring. No, I never once had rose colored glasses, and now I don't. Or no. I once had time to humor you because we were on a similar intellectual level, or we were both drama, and now I'm not. Like when it. What about when it's a bit more targeted to the person and their character and their way of being? Oh, bitch, you have to lie a little yes. because ah, it's not it gonna. Is. No, you do. It's not gonna serve anyone to be like you're just the. Most most boring bitch in the world and i hate ina like it's better to just to just soften the blow we've grown apart like to just be like listen it's not you it's me okay we've just grown apart we're not into the same things it's really just the same speech because that's the truth. it's just different like, context because like, that is yeah <laughs> like they haven't done the fact of the matter is even if it's personal they haven't done anything to you yeah and you can't help the fact that you've outgrown them in the same way that they can't help the fact that you've outgrown them but i feel like it's more of a disservice to just let a a failing friendship fester into nothingness. It's so much more productive for you and that person to let it go so that both of you can like flourish and find something better. Like you just have to make room for better. How do you guys feel? I just think, I think we are all like a lot of our friendships are really struggling with the transition of adulting and like what that looks like with Mm. all the moving parts and I'm really confused as to why, because it's been a minute since we've been out of high school and out of uni, but <laughs> the demands from enough of our, all of everyone's friends that it's overwhelming are still high. Mm. And that's quite, and that's confusing. Like I have as much time for my friends as they are for me. Like we all have not that much, you know, so it's actually pretty manageable, but there's always like just a few who expects so much, or not so much, but just more than, like, I can give. But I also find, I don't know how you guys have managed, but I've also had to have conversations with them. Um, first of all, the priorities, they're just, like, not that high on the list. And I'm someone who can talk to, you know, a friend every six months, and that's really enough. And so we've had to, like, yeah. really communicate so specifically that, you know, I need so much less of you. What do you need to know I love you? what's the minimum and like how can we compromise there because you like you knowing it intellectually and feeling it are two different things so I think there is compromise and it is uncomfortable but I think like sometimes we have to weigh the payoff of of what we're trying to build or like maintain so I don't know that we we can have it all in flex a circumstance um I wonder if you can keep going at this rate and keep those friendships but maybe I also wonder if you like care like if you don't then that's fine but something will probably have to give yeah no I mean I think the ones I don't have time to invest in I mean no I think that's a distinction that there I don't I will never have more time so it's not that I don't have time it's that the time I do have there are people who can have all of it i.e the graces of the world and the people who I don't want to give any to and I don't think Mm. that'll change anytime soon but I don't think it's in it's all I don't think it's always the most virtuous thing to do to tell someone all the ways in which not good enough for you if they can't remedy that like if I'm gonna tell you yeah I I just agree once I had time for you when I was in the club you know getting cooked being inebriated and now I just feel like for my daytime hours like I don't want to do it anymore and that's it's not but like listen to how 
it just sounds so egocentric. Like you no longer serve a value to me, so therefore you are of no value. Mm. No, it's not you, that. It's, it's not even giving someone no room to like morph and be like, well, what about this kind of friendship? I'm like, no, 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 I don't want it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it, you know what? I just bad. don't think. I think we're just not being honest with ourselves. You know what I mean? Like all of us as humans, as post high school adults i just don't think we're being honest with ourselves about who is my friend and who is there you not go. Cause because i mean like the people you love look at grace grace is in there grace is in yeah, there like- so already we have <laughs> yeah. some answers <laughs> there we go i remember i asked my boyfriend the other day i was like do you think you're a good friend and he was like yeah i am but that's because i have five friends <laughs> and i know who those five friends are and everyone who's not those five people are not my friends and I just don't think I or like a lot of us have that level of clarity. And when I do look at my my boyfriend's friendships, they're so nourishing and wholesome and like fulfilling and healthy. And then I look at me and I'm just such a mess in comparison. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he tells me all the time, he's like, it's because you don't have a million friends. Like, you know who your friends are. You need to stop lying to yourself. And, like, that's really, I feel like, all it comes down to. Like, if we were all dishonest with each other about, like, bitch, you are my friend, and bitch, you are not my friend, but I still like you, like, I still love you, but that's okay. Do we all need to be friends? Like, does everyone in this world need to be friends? No, but I think there is some value in in labeling an interaction with someone. And I feel Mm. like, I don't think the title friend should hold that much weight. Me I mean, too. I don't call Grace my friend. That's my fucking soulmate, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, but friend that's... friend to me is loose-loose. <laughs> so loose. But that's what I mean. Hang. There's clarity there. Whatever you're calling it, whatever you're calling your your labels, I just feel like there needs to be clarity. And I just think for a lot of us, we don't have that clarity. We're like performing friendships with people who we don't actually think are our friends, but we're doing it out of politeness. When really, like, that's not the kind thing to do. Like, to wait, perform a relationship wait. that's not... But what if it's not performing a relationship? Like, in a lot of these instances, they're, they're mm. a, a meeting of two people who, at that time, served that purpose. Like, let's say you met someone in uni. You know, circumstantially yeah. in that space, yeah. you, there were, a friendship was needed. Like, you bonded, you had mutual interests. Now you're outside of that circumstance. All of a sudden, it doesn't serve the same purpose. So it's not as though you're performing friendship, but it's the matter of how to transition or detransition out of a dynamic. That's really difficult. And in relationships, you can break up. I mean, romantic relationships, you break up, it's clear. But in friendships, yeah. because it's how you get there is so elusive how to remove the responsibility is also really elusive and you almost hope that two people can see that it's both not serving them and then you know consciously uncouple but in a lot of spaces it's the one person who's like i don't want this anymore and the other person's like what what do you mean like we we used to do so much and like don't you want to get coffee again you're like i don't think i do Yeah, Yeah. but that's what I, but there's the honesty. So I'm not saying it's black and white where you're friends or you're not friends. I'm saying when your relationship has changed, I think the kind thing to do is to be honest about the change that has happened. Like whether it's upgraded (laughs) or downgraded, why not? Don't you feel like you're like leading someone on? Nah, (laughs) I don't feel like I'm leading someone on, but I feel like, 
I want to be responsible for the outcome of that conversation. And mm. it's not as simple as, hey, I'm just feeling as though like I don't think this is working for me and I just don't have time. That's not going to be the end of the discussion. What's bothering you? What don't you have time for? Like we can do something else. We can fit it in. And reality, it's not something that requires a solution. It's a state change. It's a, like it's a transformative like evolution process like you're in the midst of something i don't think it's a decisive of we were once friends and i don't want to be your friend i'm just going through something i don't know what it is i could be depressed conversation yeah but see that conversation is difficult and having it with every person who has some sort of emotional tie to you is hard because as you said i think the, the distinction is I'm engaging with far more people than I want to be. And they're engaging with me far more than they want to be. So circumstantially, if I'm doing an interview series with someone and we've had, you know, five shows together and you're on the production team and it's great and we're chit-chatting and we've gone to lunch and whatever, am I now meant to say, we don't work on the show anymore, I don't have time to engage with you? No. (laughs) I don't want to think about it. (laughs) But isn't it about having that conversation when there's a fissure, like when there's a disconnect, not just when there's a change hmm like i thought that was that's what I'm, boba was saying that if one person needs more yeah, than the I other feel like then you have to have that conversation wait what have we been talking about that's what we are talking about i think we're talking about like okay. when at what point does everybody deserve that conversation and at what point because for me it's at the point where there's dissatisfaction like the best kinds it's mm. so nice when you both drift apart equally or you're both comfortable with the oh, silence yeah. of the space Love that shit yeah but when there's a dissonance <laughs> yeah it's the best. Yeah, I mean, yeah, king. I mean, that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about too. When yeah. there's like, one person is unhappy and the other person is, is just like, no, I still want this relationship. Like, I still, you know, I feel like I don't think it's that deep. It's not romance. Really, <laughs> 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 I mean, like, friendships are deeper than yeah, romance. I don't know. I'm trying to. I, I wish I could contextualize the kind of interactions I'm having with people. So, like, because these aren't. The, to me, these feel like friendships by circumstance. And so okay. uh, the circumstance dictated the closeness as opposed to friendship flourishing first. Yeah. So we may have been in a position where we kept going out to the same places all the time and then we became friends due to proximity or we worked on the same project or, you know, like you might have been mm. friends with my friend and so we were in similar spaces. Yeah. These things to me don't necessarily require conversations. It's not every day over intellectualized, but for that reason, because it doesn't feel deep enough, I feel like it's unimportant enough to have a conversation because starting that conversation encourages a greater discussion that I don't want to have period. Like Mm. I don't want to talk. Oh, you know what I just realized the disconnect is Mm. in, I think what you're referring to with this example is what I would consider an acquaintance Mm, and therefore like, I wouldn't be having that conversation with an acquaintance. Whereas if it's like a friend, then I would be. You know what I mean? But I feel like ultimately you were saying the same thing. It's just semantics. Don't you think the distinction between friend and acquaintance is personal though? Like someone I might consider an acquaintance might consider me a friend. So I think both both arguments still are still valid. Hmm. Mm. So do your acquaintances expect more from you? Like, expect friendship Everybody expects shit from me. People will talk to me, have three DMs with me on Instagram and be like, oh my God, you're in Melbourne. Come, like, let's hang. Let's do lunch. I don't know (laughs) you. (laughs) Yeah, I feel... And I don't think it's a... I don't think it's out of line. I mean, we've created a culture around access. So I feel like people are taking advantage of that access. Great. Like, I think that's sick. But it's more so... 
the fact that when you move into these relationships, you're not, or at least I haven't been really discerning about what this relationship is to me. I'm just going with the flow. Like this is a person I've spoken to three times. Am I going to speak? Am I going to think about whether or not you're an acquaintance, a friend, a casual friend, a close friend? Is there room for more? It's just not, it's unimportant to me. Mm. It's when that unimportant relationship, not that the person is unimportant, just the relationship is unimportant to me. So when that now unimportant relationship deemed extra conversation or boundary setting or or that what like I feel like I've got close relationships that need that work I don't want to do this with common common Susie (laughs) like I'm screaming (laughs) okay no I I feel you I feel you I guess I had a similar the situation that I was telling you guys about that I also posted in our Facebook group where I was like I have this friend she's been moving mad um, she's trying to, she's been trying with all her might to make sure that I break up with my boyfriend. Oh my she, God. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And so I remember posting in the group about it and I really was conflicted about like, so do I sit down and have a conversation with this bitch? Which I ended up doing anyway. Um, but I was conflicted about, do I just end the friendship here or is that just really dramatic and extra? Because at this point, like, it's irritating. But I just decided the best thing to do while I had that conversation. I was like, um, I'm happy in my relationship. Like, everything is fine. You will be okay. I also felt like I didn't want to completely oust out my life because she clearly was going through a lot of shit in her life. And me just being like, you're shit and I want nothing to do with you would have just worsened her mental health. So I feel like in that situation, the kind thing to do was just... (laughs) Mukundo sighing. (laughs) Was just to like keep her at arm's length, but still, while still being cordial. You know what I mean? Like I didn't necessarily have to sit her down to be like, I am no longer your friend. See, my question with that, Bobo... Like, it starts with how can you call... So, when you say friend, what do you mean? Because, like, my first... I'm more surprised that you you would have considered someone like that a friend with with all their precursors to this madness. So, how did that happen? I mean, they didn't have precursors to this... They didn't really have precursors to this map. But also, it's a very... I'd known her for, like, maybe a year, but we only really started getting close this year. Uh And... She everything just seemed fine. Like she got on really well with my boyfriend. Like we always hung out as a big ass group. Like everything, like she was really cool. Like everything was chill until like the gradual, like she's trying to break me and my boyfriend up and she's putting in so much work and then she's (laughs) staging an intervention. And it's like, this is so much energy. (laughs) And I also hate interventions because they're always toxic. Like, any friend who is staging an intervention, that is a red ass flag. Interventions are never like from a place of support. It's always like, I want to put you in a corner and really? attack you. Whoa. Yeah, interventions what? are never. Wait. Yeah, I feel like are interventions sure? are always a red flag. Always, what? always. Let me Google this. Interventions are not. Because if you really. Look, if you really want to help someone, you're mm. not going to spring up on them by surprise with four other people to be like, you have a problem. And re-. like it's interventions are so unnecessarily aggressive. Whereas like if I really feel like you're spiraling in a 
bad direction i'll talk to you by yourself like i'm not gonna attack you with four other people by surprise this is something really like manipulative about the approach of an intervention and okay okay, but to clarify though an intervention isn't always with multiple people it's just the process of intervening oh it just feels so if i was to be like oh just that yeah i was thinking as you're talking bobo those kinds of interventions i've never been to america but i'm gonna say sound very american um it's a cultural thing (laughs) yeah it's cultural it's your culture yeah it is it strikes me because i think there are levels like traditionally like in traditional settings but also i guess just locally um they often start like in a family it starts with one family member on your Mm. equal rung often like your cousin and then it's your parent and then it's the elder and i think that's how that that tends to work it feels like that's how it tends to work here as well like it's with friend to friend and then you might rope in a few other friends if something doesn't happen but it's often as on an individual level first oh i see no when i think intervention i always think like yeah like five people being like bitch if you don't stop drinking right now you know like that type of vibe um, which I don't fuck with at all. I don't think that's ever helpful in any... But yeah, I guess a, a, on an individual basis, I guess that would just be called like, let's have a talk. But yeah, so this this girl was mad toxic and I was just debating at this point, like you really went from zero to 100 so quickly, but at the same time, you're clearly going through some shit. So... I don't want to just abandon you in your time of need. Like, what is Mm. the kind thing to do? Like, what would, if you guys were in my shoes, what would you have done? So you have this person who's, you have this friend who's being toxic, but at the same time, she's going through a rough spot and you don't want to abandon her (laughs) during her rough spot. What would you do? Um, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it just... (laughs) No, it's These not. These are like because that's, why friendships this is such are so a wild complicated. Story to me. Yeah, the story itself is complicated. I don't yeah. think friendships are that complicated. This is because yeah. I'm trying to understand the degree of like the degree of friendship, and that would warrant what I would do. If this is like my day one, like you're in the circle of like three to five, I'm keeping mm. close, and obviously I'm like okay, you no, can it's not stay. a day one. But I don't think I'm that concerned with ruining like with holding on to a friendship for the sake of saying that I'm a good friend in many ways, I'm not a good friend. So mm. in this, in this, no, it's instance, not a just... day one. <laughs> Wait, why do you say that? Um, well, not by why my own standard, but there friend. are so many ways that I don't feel like prioritizing other people. In your example, you are a virtuous person. And so when you're met with someone who is trying to split you up and plant seeds and all of that you're like okay how do i how do i rehabilitate her i'm like no nah, i don't need that <laughs> like there will be there will be no like fuck you you're <laughs> ruining my life but just you'll catch that screen like i don't i'm not doing it i'm a big and i i'm an i can be an avoidant person by nature it's everyday it, it's everyday discourse of people that i love but for the rest yeah. of it i don't care so like if it's a problem that I don't oh, care to solve, then I'm not going to solve it, and it's just it's fine. Yeah. So I know that's what yeah. I would do, but it's not the advice I would okay. give other people. Mukundo, what about you? Yeah, I think actively being cruel scares the shit out of me. So I'm very, like, even my friend with bad juju. It's never cruelty, but if you're always breaking bones, mm-mm. so now the fact <laughs> that you're trying to break up my relationship. <laughs> 
<laughs> like. <laughs> but Makunda, okay, what are you going to tell your friend with bad vibes? Like, what, or what would you do? In no, that? I Because on that. one hand, I, you don't I know just, that's, Those are your words. Bitch, like, you I didn't have, say I don't know bad enough. You clearly have bad vibes. Um, so with her, oh. um, she's in- incredibly pleasant. We have a really good time together. Um, and it's fun. But I'm... Yeah. She isn't too interested in examining the cyclical patterns in her life of breaking every bone in her body and also men just treating her like dogs because she dates men who behave the same. (laughs) So that kind of energy has nothing for me, really. So what I've done is... Uh, she wanted to hang out. I just explained to her that, you know, I'm actually, I just need some space because I'm in a specific, like, I just feel like I want to preserve the headspace I'm in. I just come from the psychic. So I was very, I was on my woo woo. Um, so I think with her, I'm just going to distance <laughs> myself. Chakra. I still love her, yeah, but it's just it. to, the loving thing to do for myself is to manage like my energy. So that's what I'm just going to do. I love her, talked on the phone, whatever. Mm-hmm. But just like manage my heart space when I when I deal with her, but also just the amount of times I see her. Um, and I've read oh, so the first conversation I've explained this all to yeah. her already. I've said like, have you just have you observed like certain patterns? Like, what do you think about this? And we've discussed it. So she's very cognizant, and we've talked. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's not much more to do. Because in the same way, if she came to me and told me, have I observed the patterns in my life? I mean, I've observed yeah. them, but if I also, there are many ways I want to be a clown still. And so I'm just going to be that. Um, and instead of her asking me to change or suggesting that, you know, she's just doing yeah. what she's doing. And so I just do the same thing, really. Uh, I'm trying. Yeah. I think I have a habit. I'm recovering from being someone who expects, who wants people to change for them. And I do, I, I do expect that of people. So I'm trying to like, I'm managing that of myself. Oh, I mean, I think what makes not just friendships, but like relationships hard is like when people are being toxic, Mm. but you still love them. And it's like, how do you distance yourself from someone that you love? Like, that's the shit. Does it not make it quite easy for you once they start? Yeah, I just, yeah, I can't relate. No, it makes it even harder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, if you're, yeah, I mean, I the way flex it. Do you know what? I feel like in my relationships with people I love, there's a certain amount of there's a certain lack of day to day investment that happens in those relationships where I feel mm. as though the stakes aren't as high. Like people I love feel like day one forever OGs. You know, mm. you're there. You're just you're like art on a wall yeah you know it's not it's like aesthetic at this point like the relationship is aesthetic the function isn't clear because i don't invest invest as much time in it as i'd like to but i feel as though in those new infantile relationships where you're not sure Mm. where you stand where they stand what is the dynamic how did i meet you whatever these ones require a lot of investment and oh yeah no not those ones um what's that word when you can't see it coming um when something is like blindsiding unpredictable those relationships are unpredictable to me so i i'm yeah. i'm always a little <laughs> bit cautious of mm. navigating difficult conversations because who knows how you'll respond and i don't care to do the aftercare for those relationships whereas if i know you and i've been know and i've been you you and i love you then yeah. we're going to have that chat you'll be here <laughs> but that's but those are the relationships i'm talking about like your day 1 
all of a sudden is now moving mad. Mm-hmm. For, she was triggered by whatever reason. Maybe it's mental health. Maybe she's just going through a tough spot in her life. Like, And now she's just moving mad and the toxicity is rubbing off on you. And you just can't let her go because Tell you Tell that this bitch, bitch that she's like, causing me problems and I'm going to have to let her go. <laughs> I feel like in those relationships, if there's love on both sides, <laughs> then I'm not as concerned with the approach and I can come through, address the problem and give a solution. That seems a lot easier to me to do because you have the foundation of like mutual mm. trust, respect, reciprocity and hopefully honesty where it shouldn't feel so difficult to say hey bitch i love you so much but you've got to sm- you got to stop with the ice and stop with the heroin you know yeah and if you're going to continue to do that then go yeah. and take your ice boyfriend <laughs> and stop stop this leave me out of it and then hopefully enough of that energy like whatever your approach may be you might yeah. not all have the approach i do but you'd hope that you've said your piece and now they have the range and you can trust that they're going to do what's right for them or you need to mind your business. Let's not slide into other people's problems to wear that white night hat and look virtuous. If it's causing me problems, I'm going to have to step away after I tell you how it's affecting me. But I don't feel responsible to rehabilitate after I've said my piece. But but you might. At what point are you a clown when you keep forgiving someone? I don't think I forgiveness think, is ever like clownery. Like when is forgiveness clownery? Oh, really? Yeah. So, really? You, you I think can you can forgive yourself into the circus, into the circus. But I don't think that forgiveness in itself should be rooted in clownery. I think forgiveness is kind of like a self, uh, like a almost like baptismal in a way. Like you cleanse yourself of guilt and shame and any like you know any of those negative attitudes you have towards that person, and then you move on. I don't think forgiveness should be contingent on like mm. what that person does or doesn't do next. It's always been a self thing for me. Like I forgive you for me because I don't want to be mad anymore. Not I forgive you for you. You don't do forgiveness that way. Maybe it's a Christian thing. Mm, okay, I see you mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I feel you. Or maybe this isn't forgiveness. Maybe this is semantics, but it's similar to the question I'm asking of like, you keep doing this thing to me. It's like the the classic case of the guy who yeah. keeps cheating on his girlfriend and his girlfriend keeps forgiving him. Oh. And at what to because you you love this guy. You know what I mean? So at what point are you a clown? Like and like yes, I understand you can forgive someone and still leave. But But I think taking the person that shit back is so hard isn't to do when you love that it's person. The result of forgiveness. You know, like, if I forgive you... Clownery. That doesn't always... Okay, so, hold on. Let me Google the dictionary definitions, because I think that I would be able to articulate myself properly. So, forgiveness is the intentional and voluntary process by which a victim undergoes a change in feelings and attitude regarding an offense and lets go of negative emotions. That's forgiveness. The action bit is... That's that's on you. (laughs) So if, I don't think forgiveness is ever clownery, but if you use forgiveness as a tool to justify <laughs> why you let people, like why you let messy people hang out, then yeah, that's clownery. clownery. Mm. But no. Mm. Okay, Mukundra, like when Rocky. you were with Cactus Bay, <laughs> I'm just going to out you, and Cactus Bay, <sighs> yes. should we just give backstory to this story to anyone who doesn't know it? So basically, Mukundra was seeing this clown. Well, why don't you ask me the question and then I can, I know what context to give. Okay. So you were with Cactus Uh Bay and you continued, you asked him to do X, to do ABC. And 
he would promise to do ABC yeah. and then just continue <laughs> to never do ABC. And I don't know how many times you believed him or forgave him for not keeping his word. But where do we draw the line between like, I'm giving you another chance to show yourself versus so I think, I'm um, now wearing my clown I think there's a difference between forgiveness and acceptance. And I do a lot of accepting. Mm. Forgiving is is different with cactus bay so he's called cactus bay because i asked him i was just like you know i just want like an act of appreciation my love language is gifts even just a cactus like just get me a cactus and he couldn't even do that so he's called cactus bay um so i was a clown yeah Yeah. he never well he never accepted he never agreed to ever do what i asked and i accepted that environment and so i was clowning because I kind of hoped it would change and I hoped I just thought he'd do quote unquote the right thing like I thought I've just told you how to make me happy it's really simple it's really affordable and like of course you'd do it and then he didn't and he didn't and he didn't and so when clowning didn't serve me I stopped that um engaging with him so I think the difference with so I accepted Hmm. with people so that I don't know if that's a good example but I think I often I think the person who keeps taking back their cheating partner is accepting them and not forgiving them and accepting I think means I think people think they're forgiving when they're accepting when they've actually said okay you've done this don't do it again um and they'll change because they love me but that's not the case it actually is like this is who they are but they love you and it's complicated and I think they live in that space um I think forgiveness is more I could not forgive mm. my cheating boyfriend and him cheat again and then me take him back again because that would mean I've forgiven you meaning I have let go of my my resentment yeah, I can't and imagine. I'm willing to un I'm willing to understand you and to learn you and you the same and you to agree to these re- like remedial steps and if you don't take those they're consequences um yeah and I think it's interesting I think Esther Perel would be a good one to like listen mm. to to discuss what forgiveness means because I think it has mm-hmm. to have there just has to be follow through with both people uh, if, you, if you're going to keep that relationship going or unless yeah. you're going to forgive and accept so for an example is with our parents right we're all they're all things we aren't happy about with our childhoods I forgive them in my heart and I accept meaning that I know they're not going to be any different or any better because they are who they are so I've accepted um, mm. their behavior but I've forgiven them for myself I've like released the desire that they'd be any different and like released the resentment but I think there is a difference well yeah I guess like fundamentally the question I'm asking is we all know what forgiveness feels like what's tricky is what it looks like like what does hmm. forgiveness actually look like like after someone you love has wronged you and you and your heart are just like, you know what? Like, I don't hold any resentment towards you. Ooh. I still love you. But what is the physical manifestation just, of that feeling? Because I think, ooh. isn't forgiveness also I think action? a lot of forgiveness for me involves me being accountable to how I showed up and how I was definitely party. Um, mm. And with another person, I think it's like a grieving process. I think you have to first like look your grief in the face 
and deal with that and that might Grieve, involve yeah. a lot of like outwardly fighting or, or even with yourself like a lot of explosive bursts for me um forgiving a person i don't know do you guys think trust can ever be rebuilt i don't know if that's a thing Thank you for joining us on this two-part episode featuring Mukundwa. This is part one. And join us next week for part two, where we'll be talking about the ethics and morality of cheating. The conversation gets spicy, so you won't want to miss it. But if you really cannot wait an extra seven days to hear part two of the remainder of this episode, you can always just support us on Patreon and get instant access to the episode before everyone else. But until then, follow us on Instagram, continue the conversation on Facebook, on Twitter, we're on every single social media platform as Bobo and Flex. All the conversations happen in our Facebook group, which is very juicy and very spicy. So make sure to follow us on all platforms and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.